inspired by a galaxy far, far away, you're listening to Force Fan Podcast. Rogue One? <laughs> Rogue <laughs> Well, we had such a fun time doing the minisodes for the saga that wouldn't it be fun to do minisodes for the two spinoffs? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Thank you, John. <laughs> you bet. I'm on your side on this. <laughs> I'll be on your side, Cat. Cassian said I had to. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Thank you. Yeah. So the the first spinoff we're going to talk about is Drumroll. Rogue One! Yay! Yay! We love Rogue One. Rogue One is so good. (laughs) Big fans. Big fans. Rogue One is just one of those movies that when you watch it, you're like, this movie has no business being as good as it is. It's like, how dare you be a Star Wars spinoff and be this good? Seriously. How how dare you? It It really set the bar high. It did. For the spinoff films. Um, and really, for I think, for all the films in the Disney era, because a lot of people didn't know what to expect from the first quote-unquote spinoff film mm-hmm. in the Star Wars yeah. universe. And so I think I think Rogue One, one, did a great job of setting that bar and set the bar high. I, rem- totally. I remember when they were first pitching this movie like to the audience that they kept them describing it as a... As a Halo movie, but Star Wars. Oh, really? Yeah, just no. like a, I don't remember that. I do. I really don't remember that. And I remember, I, I mean, I, I don't dislike Halo, but I mean, I have a very specific idea of what Halo is just because my friends were obsessed with it in high school. And I was like, do I really want that as a Star Wars movie? But I don't think we got Halo Star Wars. I think we got something much better than than Halo Star Wars. I think we got a a... A movie that wasn't Halo at all. It was its own thing, and it it really is a compliment to um, the movies that have gone before it, and then chronologically after it as well. Um, <laughs> uh, it's 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 a good piece of the Star Wars puzzle. That did we really need it? Uh, yeah, you bet we did. <laughs> well, actually, that's that's a. I, I'm glad you brought that up. So when you found out they're making, when you guys found out they're making a movie about how the rebels got a hold of the Death Star plans, what was your initial thought? Like, do we need this? Or I'm excited. Heck yeah. Or indifference. Like, what what went through y'all's minds when when that dropped? I think I was excited. I mean, I remember a lot of people were like, why are they doing this? And it was kind of like, well, yeah, but you could say that about anything, pretty much. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was honestly, I was excited to see, I think, how they would tie it to A New Hope. Um, so, I mean, it's it's new Star Wars. I was excited for new, more Star Wars Excited to what I was, I think I was almost more excited because it was not going to be a saga movie. So I was really curious to see what exactly that was going to be like. And I totally agree exactly with what you're saying. Um, and I'll, I'll go a half step further and say, I was excited because at the time, you know, they were, they were talking about this movie and they were talking about 
possibly a Boba Fett movie or possibly a Yoda movie or possibly a um, Obi-Wan <laughs> spinoff movie, you know? So they're, they'd mentioned all these things all at once, or there were rumors about them all at once. And this, this premise to me was the most intriguing because it wasn't stuff we already, it wasn't characters we already knew. Yeah. This was going to be something that was going to be totally on its own. It's going to be new characters. It was going to add to um, the universe instead of um, furthering something that's already established, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so I was, I, yeah, when I heard the news, I'm like, that's the one I want to see. I want to see the how the rebels got the Death Star plans. That's the one. So you guys were excited for for like the just the new angle on it because that was like the biggest thing going into it. This is new. This is different. Yeah, but it's the same. Yeah, but it's, but it's the same. But it's new. but it's still Star Wars. But it's still Star you know? Wars. Yes, and it's and it's a story that um, uh, I mean we've always kind of heard. You know, it was like before they did the Clone Wars. You know. We always heard about, you know, uh, I served with your father in the Clone Wars, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> and then we got it, you know. Striking from like, a hidden base, the rebels won their first victory against the Empire. That's it. That's really right one, the one sentence yeah. from the crawl. Let's make that a movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and um, And so why not take that? sentence from the crawl of the first movie we ever saw of star wars and make the first star wars story outside of the of the the legacy trilogy of trilogies (laughs) (laughs) however you want to phrase that um that's tied to it but separate from you know why not do that and I, i i just thought it was a great idea let's go for it and then when i finally saw it i was like yay it's really good so what what was your first viewing experience like for Rogue One? I, I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I'm keeping it real here. No, I know I went. I know I went opening night or the night before opening night or however you want to call that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the way we watch movies now, and um, and I'm sure I went with uh, with my wife and we had a great time. Definitely. And then I watched the movie. I think I think I watched Rogue One seven or eight times in the theater. Wow. Before it was out. Dang. You know? Good choice. Was, Good choice. Yeah, I, I watched it a bunch. Nice. And, uh, and so I don't really, really recall the very first time. But I remember walking out going, I got to see that again. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's what gave me the idea when uh, The Last Jedi came out to buy two tickets for opening night and see it <laughs> twice opening night. That's when I got when I hatched that plan. I'm like, well, yeah, of course I'm going to want to watch it twice in a row. Why, why wouldn't I? So I did. Nice. Or noise. So that's where that started. That's good to know. Rogue, just one more thing Rogue One did to us <laughs> that just enhanced our lives and made our lives better. I like that. <laughs> Opening night for me for Rogue One. Like John, I'm pretty sure like you, Kat, we went on the Thursday night before the Friday yeah. official. Well, I'll let you finish your story. Ooh, plot twist. Ooh, plot twist. But our, our, I think our, I know this story, but go ahead. Yeah, I think I know it too. I actually kind of think of it. But anyway. Yeah. Um, when the tickets went on sale, uh, my local theater, the theater just a couple – 
miles down the road from us, was not selling tickets for some reason. All the other theaters had the tickets up except that specific one. And me and my panic, like, we need Rogue One tickets. I bought the first XD uh, showing I could, I could, I could see, right? <laughs> Afterwards, I realized it was on the opposite end of town, way out oh. in Eastern Mongolia. <laughs> I told my family, which this is the first Star Wars movie I saw on opening night with my family. Yeah, I got the tickets, but we're gonna we're gonna go on a drive. We're we're, we're going on a trip, and we show up, and there's stormtroopers everywhere, and a little R two droid running around, and we're just like, oh my god, this is so freaking cool. Some of my buddies showed up a little later. So that was cool. We had a bet going on. Uh, you know, who's going to survive, who isn't. I, I ended up winning the bet, just so, so you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most fun I've had watching a Star Wars movie on opening night, I think. I would I would say it's, it's Rogue One just because of how exciting. I mean, it is when Vader first showed up, when Leia shows up at the end. Like, I think I jumped out of my seat. But what really made it special was my mom's reaction. Yeah. I remember yes. your stories about mm-hmm. your mom's reaction. So R- Rogue One has a special place in my heart, mostly because my mom was, this is the first time my mom was like really into it because of Diego Luna, right? I remember at the time thinking, it's like, okay, I mean, sure, sure, Diego Luna, Mexican actor, that's that's cool and all. But seeing her joy, her glee on opening night and think, I, you know, it made me think, wow, my mom is enjoying a Star Wars movie just as much as I am right now. She she's cheering. She when Diego first showed up, she's like, "Whoa, Diego!" I'm like, "All right, mom, cool. That's not like you usually, but you know, more power to you." And by the end of it, it just hit me. It's like, "Wow, this this is a real really big deal." There's a Mexican actor on screen in a mainstream Hollywood movie with an accent, not playing a drug dealer or or a poor dude selling oranges. You know, just he's just there doing his thing. I'm like, "Wow, I get it now." This movie is freaking amazing just for that, <laughs> let alone everything, all the other amazing stuff that went on in this movie. The air was electric that night. So, yeah, Rogue One. Rogue One was the best opening night Star Wars for me out of this whole new era of Star Wars movies. I don't know how I can follow that, but, well, so so I <laughs> technically it was opening night, and this was actually the first movie I saw on opening night, but I saw it Friday, not Thursday. Ah, so, um, but it's the first Star Wars movie I've actually that I had actually seen at that point on opening night. So Rogue One will hold that distinction. But in our TFA minisode, I talked about how I had to wait two weeks, right, mm-hmm. to see yeah. the movie in theaters. And so when Rogue One, like when the tickets were coming out, I was like, I'm not waiting. I'm buying, yeah. you know, like yeah. first tickets available that I can get. Well, within reason. And so it was like Friday, that Friday, and I bought them at one of our local theaters that where they serve like food and drink. Ooh, nice. Um, well, yeah, so it's nice. And, you know, Aaron and I went and we had a really good time and it was really good. But it's those theaters are also very distracting. Yeah, it's true. Because, though. you know, you you've got the servers trying to do their jobs and go in and out and serve food and drinks and whatever. So I remember we had a really great time, but I remember I came out of the theater being like, I need to watch this again, just like John. I mean, I loved it. And, you know, it was one of those things like as soon as K2 <laughs> hit the floor, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> what's gonna 
happen. Um, and so, so I loved it immediately, but, um, like John, I wanted to see it again. And so my, the second time I saw it was almost better than the first because the second time I took my dad um to see it i really wanted to take him because i was like well he'll really enjoy this and it was right after carrie fisher passed away Uh, um because that um that happened right at christmas time and i took my dad to the theater well he drove because he won't give up that control he drove to the theater (laughs) 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 he drove but i paid for his ticket so you know okay we're square and a family came in with a little girl dressed in a leia costume and i think carrie had fisher had just passed away like that morning like it was literally it was like december 26th or 7th or something and so, like, I almost burst into tears in the theater. But, like, getting to watch it that second time with my dad and then Leia at the end, like, I don't know if that just helped cement it as one of my favorite movies. I mean, I had already liked it anyway. But, um, yeah, there's something about that period um, where Rogue One came, came out. out that, you know, I don't know. It really hit that spot emotionally. Yeah. Um. And now, the more I watch it, the more I love it. Um. I mean, I, I liked it anyway. But you know, I like. <laughs> I won't say it's comfort food because it's maybe too emotionally <laughs> distraught. But, but that's what makes it so but good. I love it. it. You get such yeah, extreme yeah. reactions from it. You just, yes. It. it yeah. So. Whenever I want to be hurt, I watch Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> And I totally understand what you're talking about, the whole era that it came out. <laughs> there is yeah. there was a special a special magic in yeah. December of 2016 mm-hmm. that just felt right for this movie. And then yeah. yeah, with Carrie Fisher's passing around that same time, it's it just added to it in a way, you know? It's like it made the movie more important, I think, to the fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it you know, it came out right before she passed and then as it's it's hype train is at its highest that's when she passed and it was just shocking to everybody and then you're right the first time i saw the movie after she had passed and that scene comes up it just mm-hmm. devastates you it just devastates you yeah i mean i was like crying in the theater you yeah. know because it's like I mean, even with the realization that, you know, there was going to be, we were going to see her again, it was kind of like, yeah, you know, you're like, but this is not that much more. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry to bring the podcast down. <laughs> well, that's all right, because, I mean, it, the the movie itself is kind of like, I think it's the most depressing Star Wars movie. <laughs> Which is kind of ironic because it does end on this hopeful note and the whole right. like the whole overarching story about these individuals who come together and sacrifice themselves for something bigger and trying to bring, you know, freedom and peace to the galaxy and and you know as the end immediately segs into the new hope, like you know what's gonna happen. Presumably yeah. you've seen the yeah. OT. And so like really in the end, it actually is quite a hopeful story, but it's really sad. <laughs> it's also really sad and tragic um yeah 
because of these individuals that you've gotten to know. And, you know, it just, it always, the thing with this movie is it always makes me think like, what more could they have done if they'd survived? Yeah. You know, like Jin and Cassian, Baze and Chiru and Bodhi. Like what a force they would have been, pun intended. Um, <laughs> Again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, if they had survived to keep working with the rebellion, what were the uh, the new things that were added? And like, there's a bunch of new stuff that we had never seen before in in Star Wars uh, canon that were were added in in this movie that are now things that to you are like so iconic that they're just great additions to the legacy of Star Wars. Well, I'm going to jump in and say that. I liked that it, um, this isn't necessarily new, but I liked that, really liked that we got ties to the two animated Star Wars series, which hadn't happened yet, I believe, because we got Saw Gerrera in person, and then we saw the ghost, um, and Chopper, uh, yeah, but it, it was nice to kind of have that, have that nod, have right. that nod to the larger, happenings that you know a lot of people had seen um but hadn't really been referenced on screen before and for a lot of star wars fans i'm looking at you matt um the (laughs) the only things that are valid star wars are on the big screen and um and so to see the ghost and to see chopper uh and saw guerrera even though he looked completely different um (laughs) You know that that now is is part of their headcanon too, whereas it's been part of ours for the whole time. So yeah, that's cool. The K series security droids, because that ended up being K two S O, who is one of my all time favorite Star Wars characters now, and I love him. And Rogue One introduced them to the world. I was a hundred percent certain that you were going to say Bogullet, but <laughs> you didn't. Lies. Deception, more lies. Sorry. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, no, I, I, I know how much you love uh, K2SO and Alan Tudyk. And uh, yes, so yes, I, yes. Yeah, that's kind of a no brainer. K2 is my Star Wars spirit animal. If I was a character and- in Star Wars, I'd be K2. <laughs> <laughs> and you actually got to meet Alan Tudyk, right? After Rogue One came out mm-hmm. at. El Paso Comic Con. Yes, ma'am. Got a photo with him yeah. and everything. Yeah, it's gonna. I gotta be honest with you guys. I really don't remember meeting him. I, I blanked <laughs> out. But it happened. because There's a picture. There's a picture. He's got his arm around me and he's pointing at my shirt because I'm wearing a Con Man shirt, which is his fantastic uh, Con Man series. And yeah, I remember the curtain opened up. I saw him and then <laughs> white. Then next thing I know, I'm just waiting for uh, my photo. Your photo. Like, wow. What just happened? Wow. What about you, John? What's what's your favorite new thing that Rogue One introduced? You know, again, I'm not sure how new it is, but um, the whole Wills thing, the Guardians of the ah. Moon. I loved that. I loved that. Okay, here's a here's a little nod to something that is like only the true the the really super into it star wars fans um know about the journal of the wills and and all that and here's a little connecting piece to that so 
Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I certainly thought the new aliens that we saw were cool. You know, the, uh, the two, two brothers and, <laughs> yeah. and Borgullet. Borgullet. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we, we had a lot of really cool stuff. Um, the, um, the monsters that were monsters, the aliens that were in the rebel group toward the end of the movie, the last battle, mm-hmm. those guys were cool. You know, the big mouth dude and, and <laughs> yeah. um, um, and, but, but probably out of all that stuff, this movie gave us death troopers and those are freaking death cool. Bad and, Ors- and Orson Krennic. And Krennic. Yeah. Well, right. Well, yeah. Orson Krennic. We had just finished binging uh, Bloodlines, where he plays a bad guy in that, too. Mm. Part of the family. If you haven't seen Bloodlines on Netflix, I definitely, definitely recommend it. Ben Mendelsohn um, plays a big role in, in that series, and um, and it's it's actually really good. It's, it's, it's got some other actors that you would know, and, and uh, like one of my favorites, uh, John Leguizamo, and... Um, uh, it's really well done. And that was my first experience with Ben Mendelsohn's work as, as Danny Rayburn in bloodlines. <laughs> and, uh, it was, uh, it was real. I was super excited to see him as director Krennic and, uh, just absolutely nailed it. And now he's in the outsider and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I love everything love the man the touches. I, yeah. I think, I think what I what I remember most from like the hype about this movie was watching the Star Wars celebration panel about Rogue One and he showed up in full costume with a squad wow. of death troopers and it's like that's commitment. No way he and I did think- that. Yes, yeah. If you go yeah. back and watch the video, they like at the very beginning of the panel um, I think it was before they introduced all the actors or whatever, but like he, and then he disappears and I think comes back out or whatever, but you know, he like, he marches in to music with, a, you know, in costume, full squad of death troopers. And so the commitment, the commitment is real. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Can yeah. tell that he has fun um, and he made a great villain. So speaking of the villains and, and uh, death troopers and Krennic, I think my favorite thing about Rogue One overall is that this is the first time in a film, in a Star Wars film, we've seen just how oppressive the Empire is. In the original mm, yeah. trilogy, you know, they've been the bad guys, but, you know, we've seen them, you know, take out mm-hmm. the Rebels. But we never saw them, how, we never saw how they had the galaxy in their grip, you know? And Rogue yeah. One beautifully showcases that. It, it gives the That's Empire this menace that I feel is lacking in the original films. Like, yeah, these guys are evil. These guys are not looking after your best interest, to say the least. And we see that so perfectly. And Krennic embodies that perfectly. Pompous, yeah. arrogant. Yeah, or, I mean, the whole line, I mean, he he spends years tracking down Galen mm-hmm. and the Ursos, for one, so, you know, relentless. And then, two, like, even one of his first lines when he and Galen are talking about, you know, Galen says... Um, you know, you just, you know, you're just going to cause terror, you know, you want to bring peace through terror. And he's like, well, if it works, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is kind of like the whole, 
you know, kind of embodiment of the empire. empire. It's, you know, peace, peace through whatever means necessary. Um, which is kind of also what building the whole Death Star was about. So, yeah. I mean, I just, I just loved everything. I loved all the new characters. I love, I love the U-Wings. The U-Wings. It's so, so much to, to love in that. But like, yeah, we got Krennic, right? But then we also have Darth Vader. We get we get both sides of the empire here the the Sithy side and the yeah. bureaucracy the military might of it and I th- I think anybody else would have focused a little bit more on the Sithy side of things like we have been before but deciding to choose on the bureaucracy the military the navy through the eyes of people at that level not necessarily Vader or the Emperor it, it just gave it a whole new dimension like like you're saying Cavi the 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 way Krennic is obsessed with finding the Ursos to be able to finish this monster of a machine, whatever the cost. A normal man with ambition, with aspirations that he eventually chokes on. You gotta love it. It was done so well, in my opinion. I know a lot of people don't like Krennic, but you know what? We like Krennic. I love to hate him as a villain. Oh, I love him because <laughs> I hate him so much. Right? You just love the... Well, and I love the, like, the uh, the Krennic-Tarkin kind of headbutting um, that we got. And I don't know, was I... Did I miss something somewhere? I don't think I realized we were going to get Tarkin in this movie. When you first see him, like his reflection in the window looking yeah. out yeah. at the Death Star, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> what's happening? <You> know? <laughs> that was cool. I remember there was talk about, is Tarkin going to be in this movie? Nah, he can't be in this movie. Oh, look, there's Tarkin. Okay. there. Yeah. I'll take it. I was hoping for Tarkin I and I was that. not disappointed. Not disappointed, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the music for a bit. I mean, we could talk about Rogue One for forever, but yes. the, the score, Michael Giacchino's score, the first live-action Star Wars film without a John Williams score. Yeah. 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 I mean, at first, and he, delivered. he delivered. Like, the first time you hear it in the movie, you're like, this is a good score. Then you start listening to it more. I really like the score. It's different, but I like it. By this point, this is 2020, it is 100% Star Wars. No yeah. different from the Williams stuff for me. The Rogue One score is incredible, especially considering it was a last second rewrite. Yeah, didn't he do it in like under a month or something? Something crazy ridiculous like that. like that. That's nuts. Someday I would love to hear the Alexander Dupla score. I remember right, it was him. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. I really want to hear his version of it. But I am not disappointed with what we got. It's just one of those scores that, like the movie, it just keeps getting better and better the more you listen to it. It's such a beautiful, beautiful collection of tracks and music. Yes, and especially the end. Um, as tragic as it is, that the end of Rogue One, the the Your Father Would Be Proud track. Yeah. Ugh, like, it's so good. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, God, yes. so, so much to love in this week. The characters, Junior. So we could have an entire podcast just talking about the Ursos. The Ursos and Cassian. And, Cassian. and I mean, I have to say that I am really excited that we're getting the Cassian series. Yes, yes, I think yes. K2SO in the think, series. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I think there's just so much to explore there in kind in that in that inter interval between 
Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, where you've kind of got the nascent rebellion, and we know that Cassian was in the Clone Wars, and he kind of grew up having to deal with that, and then the Empire takes over, and he commits himself to the rebellion. So, like, there's going to be so much good stuff there. Uh, there is, and, and- if, you take, if you take a look at what they're doing with the Mandalorian, and... Um, mm-hmm. and, and how they're bringing in some elements that, that we haven't seen before in Star Wars and they're growing things that we have seen and, or things that we've heard about, um, in the era after the empire, immediately after the empire. And now this series is going to do the same thing for, um, for that gap leading up to Rogue One, um, Man, the the possibilities are just thrilling. Yeah, new Golden Age of Star Wars. I'm super stoked. Yeah, nothing but stoke here for that. What more can be said? Adrian, what do you say we wrap this bad boy up? Tell the good people where they can find us. The good people can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Fan Podcast, or on our new webpage, BlueLabPro.com forward slash Force Fan Podcast. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Cat Ray. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that John Fred. Although uh, I will be changing my Twitter handle. I'm announcing <gasps> that right now. Yep. What? I'm changing my Twitter handle to uh, Ruin <laughs> John Fred. <laughs> Get out. (laughs) (laughs) Knives out. (laughs) (laughs) Knives out. And you can catch up with me on uh, Facebook at John K. Frederick. Also on on the radio in Eugene, Oregon uh, at 96.1 KZL, where we also stream at uh, uh, 96KZEL.com. That's going to wrap it up. Uh, Another great discussion about uh, Star Wars. And I think... Cat Ray and Adrian for uh, for just blazing the trail with this thing, and uh, let's keep her going. Can't wait to talk next next time about Solo, uh, but that's going to do it for this time around. Um, it's been fun. May the Force yep. be with you. And then some. Also with you. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> the, the way. I have spoken. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Until next time. From Blue Lab Productions, thanks for listening to Force Fan Podcast with Adrian, Cat Ray, and John. Edited and produced by Adrian Misa with original music composed by Brooke Monroe and original art by Mitsu Overstreet. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All rights reserved. <laughs> <laughs>